0: Hey Chris, hey Parker. Quick question. What was your first car? My name is TJ Lamb and I am the founder and CEO of Magna Cars. Well, <laughs> my first word ever was car. That was literally my first words. I was praying for like a month. I was like, you know, Lord, please can my parents buy this car? And it ended up happening. So they like took out a loan to buy this car. We drive it home and almost every time we drove it home, something would break on the way home or the next day. It like meant that my parents haven't, which is a blessing I count it, haven't had any money. The Rolls Royce was sort of all the money they had to sort of give me to do anything. And that was like, I'll pay it back because they couldn't afford to just give it
1: to me. Where the name came from as well, Magna Cars. What was, what is is the story behind that name?
0: When I was about eight, seven, my mum, She's always like helped me a lot in terms of just putting myself out there, being confident and encouraging me, taking me to car shows, like going up and setting an example of saying hi to the people with the nice cars. And I felt like I was just, that's not who I actually want to be. I don't want to be cool, sort of. I want to be genuine. What I would like to do is really just build a community for every kid, my focus, is car community between actual people in real life. And specifically, my heart is for like younger people, my generation, my age. So people from the age of 8 up to about 20s, maybe even 30, that I'm just a kid who's just genuinely enjoying it, whatever I'm doing. The new sponsor to join the podcast has been keeping me
1: grounded for quite a while. Now, I don't think I've shared this with you before, but I love socks almost to the point of obsession. So when I found Hilltread, I was overwhelmed with such a large array of designs from Ferrari to Porsche and even Lamborghini. I've fallen in love with the mini socks. So if you want to keep yourself grounded and grounded in your passion, there is no other place to look. So go over to Hilltread.com and get yourself 10% off using code IGNITION10. Welcome to the podcast about taking your love for cars and showing you the possibilities. I speak to CEOs, racing drivers, content creators and people I find interesting. I started my passion for cars racing go-karts at a junior level. And when that didn't turn into a career, I spent more time than most planning on what I could do. Failed attempt after failed attempt, I landed on this very podcast to share people's failures and successes to give others the best chance to hear what is possible with your passion for cars. And whether you're 13 wondering what jobs are out there for me, or 30 and asking yourself, am I doing the right thing? These episodes will help you answer those questions, so let my guests be your guide for turning a passion for cars into a purpose. And today's guest is TJ Lam, content creator and new friend. TJ reached out to me on LinkedIn because he saw my profile and thought it would be interesting. But what I saw was an opportunity to tell the story of a kid who went viral. We discussed the pressure it creates for a guy who left his own country to live in America, and then found that his love for cars was harder to express than he thought. And what do car people do? Well, we find each other. And that's exactly what TJ did. He found new friends, and through a history of creating Instagram accounts for cars, he did this under his own name. And he finally put a face to that account. And now it's his full time job. Hey, I wanted to start off this episode in a different way. We were, thanks to you guys listening, in the top 10% of podcasts most shared globally, which is so impressive and means so much to me for a podcast that is less than a year old. Still, I want to set you a challenge. Of getting into that top 1%. So, if you have ever enjoyed an episode or thought that the message from a guest was worth sharing, please send that episode to your friends. If you know someone that loves cars and is looking to get into the industry or change careers, help give them some inspiration. And speaking of inspiration, let's see what we got today. TJ, there's a, there's a simple question I like to start the podcast off with, and it's what ignited your passion for cars?
0: Well, wow. <laughs> my first word ever was car. That was literally my first word. So it wasn't like something that started it. It was just how I was born. Um, Like, I just believe that's the way God made me was just loving cars. And there's no thing that got me into it. My family's not really into cars. My mom, she kind of is into them because I've been into them for 18, 19 years now. So she's like, brought me to events when I was a kid and that, but my dad doesn't really care. Like, at all you know they don't they've never owned the only thing they've ever owned was a volkswagen thing from like the 1940s and they bought that just randomly because my mom just wanted to um they owned it for like six months and then it got like uh someone cut the roof and then they sold it but that's everything else they've owned has just been a bit normal um and then yeah so my grandpa was not into cars my grandparents like Absolutely no one in my family is into cars whatsoever. Mm. Um, You know, the extent would maybe be my uncle who he has an Audi like A4 wagon and he likes it and wants an RS6, but he's not like, you know, trying to refinance anything to buy an RS6. So he's not that into cars, but he likes them at least a little bit. Yeah. It's it's funny because there's this thing where like if you show an absence of something, then
1: you're more likely to want it so this, me i'm interested because I've a couple of guests i've had have given me the same answer which is no one in the family talks into cars and therefore they just i don't know like you said you're born with with it and it is quite funny so what about i guess what about you then and um tj what about you growing up like was there any what were the influences from cars once you mentioned car shows but what are the stuff that really sort of gave you that that love and
0: so I, when i was born i was born in london in england and i lived in London area, lots of different places like Egham and Surrey and um all kinds all over the place. I moved a lot. And so I would go to a lot of muscle car shows when I was a kid. I was really into American cars. Uh and then when I got to about 10, 9, I went into I go to London every so often with my family. And one day I was walking down like uh Knightsbridge, Sloan Street, whatever and this Aventador drove by it just come out back then and it was from the Middle East and it I think I had an exhaust on it and I could I just remember walking in a crowd of people and I hear this sound and I look to my right and as an Aventador slowly driving by mm. and I really had like a that was a turning point for me when I went from classic muscle cars to, to more exotics and like supercars and then I found schmi 150 on YouTube back on the, just starting when he had his uh, blue Aston Martin Vantage. So this was like 2011, 12 Mm. and supercars of London. And then we're all starting to get big. And so I used to watch every single Shmi 150 video and that had a huge influence on me and seeing like, wow, you can do this for a living and you could make money off this. And so that really had an impact on me watching Shmi get his R8 and then his McLaren. And I was just like, "This is so cool." He's just full time traveling around filming cars. Yeah,
1: and so and so, did you try any of it when you were really young? Did you like? Did you dabble with the idea of like filming yourself? Was, was that a big influence as well?
0: Oh yeah, watching me, I I was living in England for about a year watching him, and then I moved to America. My family moved uh, in 2013, and so I left all of the central London supercar spotting. And I was such a young kid that I couldn't just go on the train really, or go into town on my own. I had no car, you know, little kid. And so I was only able to go a few times until I moved to America. And I moved to a place called Kansas city where there were hardly any supercars. Like you might see one Ferrari in a month
2: Mm.
0: ever. There was not even a Ferrari dealership. There was nothing, you know, there was a Porsche dealership in the city and that was it and they got like KNs and stuff. Um, so yeah, I did try and film, and I did try and take pictures. I had my dad's old camera, and I used to go around to whatever car show I could still, and I would take pictures of the Ferraris, so or if I go on holiday back to England, or one time we went to Florida, and I took pictures. They also got a little Sony like handy cam sort of thing, that I had like a fisheye lens, and I tried to film on that a few times, but I could never understand like how the technology works. Like I really, I'm not really a fan of technology and so I couldn't understand like how, if I was recording or I just didn't get it. And so I would like go to film something and then I wouldn't have the camera on and I missed the car and then I would press it again to turn it off and I'd start filming. And so it just didn't go that well. Yeah. And I kind of gave up a little bit after that, but I still kept taking pictures and then, when I was about nine, uh, 2012, my mom set me up on a Twitter account and I started just like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I started posting all of the pictures I had hmm. and I just did it for fun because why not? I wanted to do it. Then I, yeah, ended up realizing taking photos isn't going to make me enough money to buy a Ferrari.
1: Yeah. Well, so, it's funny because, yeah. I'm just thinking because, like, if you're not deprived of the thing you love, but obviously you go into you say move to Kansas City, it's not a lot of cars, then you're going to want to express that that passion, that yeah. love for cars, and so it makes sense that you go and as soon as you're able to, just spread the love, I guess. So, mm-hmm. so when was it really like? obviously you looked at Shmi, but then when did you go? Right, I I want to give this a go. I want to I want to start filming stuff. I want to start showing more people my my love for cars. Yeah.
0: So, after I was living in Kansas City for about a year or two um I was just going to every car show and then it was 2016 I was there or I was actually living there still and I came back to uh, where I'm at right now in Calgary to visit my cousins in this very house for about a month and I was turning 13 in July that year and so my dad was like a 13th birthday he Basically, was like, all right, we'll take you to Car Week because Car Week in Monterey, California, is always the thing that I've always like wanted to go to. Mm. And so, <clears throat> we were able to go, you know, on a very tight budget for like three days. um Just fly in, get a car, drive there on the Thursday, and then drive back to the airport Saturday night and fly out Sunday morning. So I literally had like forty-eight hours at Car Week, yeah. and that. Basically, the week before I went to Car Week, I started an Instagram account for it. And it was to post, like, all the cars that were arriving at Car Week. And I sort of pretended to be, like, the Car Week official account. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, I don't think many people believed it, but it got, like, 500 followers in, like, a week. And it was a lot of people that owned exotic cars because I don't know if they believed it or not, but whatever. I posted all the Koenigseggs that were arriving and everything. And then I got there stopped posting the account and off to car week it kind of was just a dead account because it was called car week 2016 <laughs> and i was like well <laughs> i don't know what to do with this account so a few months went by and then i changed their name to dream.exotics and that was okay i mean i didn't really know what i was doing i just
2: get
0: hmm. a profile picture off of a bouncy ball and put my my name on it um and i posted just other people's pictures because i didn't have any of my own content anymore uh since where i was living i couldn't see enough cars to post yeah uh, and so i did that didn't go that well uh and then i realized there was another account with the same name so i was like all right i'm gonna change the name and i noticed that people were doing like curated content and so i changed the name to cars worldwide 24 7 and i started posting just other people's pictures that got a lot of likes on their account and i would Usually try and give them credit. Some of the pictures though, you couldn't find because it was reposted like 50 times. Yeah. I would do that three times a day. So 9 a.m., 12 p.m. and 3 p.m. as I was going to school. And it was my biggest priority was to post like over getting food or going doing my homework or, you know, whatever I'm doing. I'm like, no, I need to post in certain areas of the school wouldn't have Wi-Fi. So I would literally go and like stand in the restroom or something to post it until it was up and then go back to class Mm. and I did that three times a day for a few years and it really the consistency started to pay off doing it again and again and again and realizing what pictures got likes what style got likes and then sort of just keep on doing that instead of just posting random pictures no,
1: I mean, okay, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh,
0: and is this something you
1: like? Are you like that naturally? Are you quite analytic or is this something that just kind of because you wanted to do well, you pay, you pay more attention to it?
0: Yeah. So I just, I would go on accounts and I would say, okay, which picture on this account has the most likes? And I would look through like every picture they had and I'd find the one that had the most likes. And as long as I was okay posting it, it wasn't anything inappropriate or anything bad. I would, screenshot it or save it and then post it on my account and tag them if I could find it from the original poster and I would just do that three times a day and then I got to the point where I was making like my own sort of collages so it'd be like mm-hmm. which event it was your favorite and it'd be like the, the this one the SV the normal roadster at the time and then you know the 50th anniversary and it would be like pick one and I'd put my little watermark and I would take the images from Google so I did that a lot. So I tried to make my own content, but I just didn't have enough cars to go out and take pictures of my own.
1: Yeah. And so so when did you start? Because I know you've you mentioned this in, in, in other TikToks. Um, you took ex- inspiration from that guy from TikTok, Daniel. Yeah. And Daniel so when Mann. did you Daniel and so yeah, exactly? So when did you start going right his his is doing well? Cause clearly you've already looked at other people's contents that's doing well. So I guess I guess it's a natural progression to see that. And it's something that I wanted to ask you because I've thought about doing it as well that i just don't have the confidence of them being completely honest so i guess what yeah. what gives you the idea to just go up to people do you, do you ask them beforehand or is it literally you going up to them with a the camera in their face going what are
0: you driving is it, is it simple as that yeah so what happened with that is i i had that instagram account right and then it was about 2020 the account had got a lot of followers over those four years i got like 350 thousand followers and But I kind of, they they changed the algorithm and then all of a sudden it started tanking. (laughs) And then every time I posted, I would lose followers. And so I got a little bit depressed and I stopped posting and three times a day went down to like once a day, then once a week. And then eventually it would be like, I don't even know, once every two weeks. Yeah. And I kind of didn't know what to do. And then TikTok came out and at first I was like, nah. And then about summer 2020, uh, you know, everyone's in COVID and I was like, well, I'll get on TikTok might as well it's really popular everyone's on it so i just started posting the first couple videos were just edits i made of videos i had in the past and then it did okay and what had happened this is a bit of a long story but what happened like in 2019 in august i had somehow out of nowhere we, we sort of went on a family holiday in the summer and then came back to america and my family was looking for a new car because our old Volvo XC90, the transmission had gone on it basically. Mm. And I watched Rocket Man in the summer and I saw the Rolls Royce Silver Shadow in Rocket Man, the gold one, when he goes to his dad's house. And I was like, That's so cool. Didn't think anything of it. A few months, two months later, my family's looking for a car. And I'm like, What if we just, you know, I always want them to get a cool car. What if we got like a shadow, which is like (laughs) just about the worst idea you could ever have. It's terrible. I don't know why on earth it happened or why they went along with it. But we they were kind of like, nah, but they were open to it. My mom actually was the one who found this car in California for sale. It was Mm. six and a half thousand and it was broken. We were like, okay, maybe we'll buy this car and then we'll fix it up we'll budget you know another five thousand to fix it like what we would have spent maybe 11 12 on a normal car we'll just put onto this and then it'll be good to go right Uh, right classic rolls royce will be perfectly fine as a family car as our only daily driver it'll be great why not (laughs) and don't know why they did this i mean they're full grown adults with a family i got three siblings why why we decided to to do that basically i kept i was praying for like a month i was like you know lord please can my parents buy this car and it ended up happening and basically i was like i think it mostly happened because i was like i'll pay you back i'll pay yeah you know i can and and buy this car off of you in like a year and then you can buy another car for the family so they like took out a loan to buy this car um for like twelve thousand, and then i bought or they bought it we got it from california and then sent it to a shop because when we got off the truck couldn't drive a mile and so they fixed it up to the point where it was driving and then it would we drive it home and almost every time we drove it home something would break on the way home or the next day and it just broke like that for a month or two then it got to winter and it started having a lot of white stuff coming out of the exhaust and we were like uh this doesn't seem right no ended up overheating and then long story short mechanic was like it's a head gasket that's ten thousand dollars to fix which i think is a steep quote but i was like okay yeah. i'm gonna sell it so because my parents at this point we were driving around in a friend's like old junker chevy cavalier anyways i had this car so when i started making tiktok content because i I tried to sell it to Hoovey. He could, I couldn't sell the car basically. And my parents didn't want to sell it for like a $6,000 loss or more. So I was like, well, mom and dad, I, I mean, what do you want me to do? I will just keep it. I don't want to sell it. You guys don't want to lose a lot of money. Let's just keep it. Yeah. So we ended up keeping it. Um, and that was really, that was pretty tough on our relationship, but it's a lot better now. It's, you know, it's kind of a few years ago and now they see sort of the, why it happened my dad kind of always saw it my mom at one point was like this was the worst decision I ever made now she yeah. doesn't because I started making content about that car on TikTok like here's my car it's broken because by the time I made TikTok content the car had been broken for about six or seven months it hadn't left the garage it couldn't yeah. drive anymore and so I did that it did okay and some of the videos got like 30,000 views and I was like oh this is really cool you know, that's, that's good. And I started getting a few followers and then I just made some random videos. And then I saw Daniel Mack making, what do you do for a living? And I was like, okay, you can get paid off TikTok because they just introduced the creator fund. I was like, you can get paid. At first I did the math and I thought it was way more than you actually could. And then I found yeah. out about a week later, it wasn't close. To that it was like 10% of what I thought. But I was still like, if I can make enough money, off of TikTok, I can pay my parents off for the Rolls Royce because I owed them like I don't know eleven thousand. So if yeah. I make that much, I can pay them off three hundred fifty bucks a month. And so I saw him, and I was like, hmm, I can't copy him. I don't want to copy him. That's a bit cheap. So I was like, let me go to kids in my high school. I was always fascinated with how kids in high school, kids at a young age, got a Ferrari or got even a BMW or even an old Mustang. And so I went up to kids in the parking lot. Just the first video ever was three of my friends randomly after school was a bit of a joke. And I was like, Hey, how'd you get this in high school? (laughs) And they were just laughing and they answered it. And I put them in a video and it got like 1.6 million views. Yeah. And it took about a week. And I remember one kid was like, if it gets a million views, I'm going to take you out to lunch. One of the kids in the video, it got a million views. We never ended up going out to lunch. I don't think, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) and I was like wow I'm gonna do this again (laughs) so I did it again and again and again and I tried to get as many like everyone in my school that had an even somewhat interesting car didn't have to be expensive um you know I think though I did like a Ford Focus at one point that was covered in spray paint I did a a Kia Soul I remember one girl I was like why did you get this in high school this girl I knew because it was a Kia Soul and I was like this is a terrible car yeah And then one kid in my area at a neighboring high school had a McLaren 570S, which is just, you know, we're Missouri, like that's mind-blowing. You don't even see supercars, let alone a kid having one. And so I was like, okay, mate, let's do a video. And he was like, yep. So we did a video and actually didn't do as well as the other videos. But... I tried to find the craziest cars outside of my high school. So in the whole city, not just like I drove like 40 minutes for some high schools to go film cars. And then kids started messaging me, come to my high school, come to my high school. So those videos were actually filmed all over Kansas City at lots of different high schools. And I met some of my best friends by the kids that I filmed. I did that for about a year. And then I started being like. I'm getting bored of this in a way I'm getting, it's getting stale. I feel like how long can people be interested in this? Which I think was a bit of a, I didn't need to do that. I didn't need to like change it up. You know, you look at Daniel Mack, he's still doing what you do for a living still. It's been three years. I kind of, I'm probably pretty creative. And so I wasn't like, didn't want to keep doing the same thing. I like to keep adapting and changing and creating. So I was like, all right, I'll ask people what their dream car was, what their first car was, all, all age groups, not just high schoolers. And I moved into that. And then over time, I mean, if you look at my account, I moved into like going to dealerships and I did one where I was like, what does Ferrari drive to work? And that blew up, that got like 20 million views on Instagram, like across everything, like 60 million views Mm. and it's still views. And that did insane. And I was like, well, that's a good format. So I just kind of kept improvising and adding on. Then I got a bit burnt out and I kind of was like, man, some of the videos aren't doing so well again. They're going back down in views. And I'd always wanted to do like news, automotive news. So I started doing like a green screen on TikTok where I just talk about what was happening. Yeah. And that pretty much, I did that up until like last month. And that brings me up to where I'm at today. Yeah, it's funny
1: because I, I remember the video that when I was looking through your TikTok, and it's literally you sitting on the silver shadow, going, "Look, with the twenty thousand people here, if everyone contributes a dollar, can we we can get an LS or whatever it was for the car?" And I just thought that's that's that, even to do that, like I don't know, it's, it's crazy, and, and and to see where you are today now. I'm, I'm also quite interested in where the name came from as well, Magna Cars, and what was
0: yeah. what, is, what is the story behind that name. Um, so the story behind that name is when I was about eight, seven, my mom, she's always like helped me a lot in terms of just putting myself out there, being confident and encouraging me, taking me to car shows like going up and setting an example of saying hi to the people with the nice cars. And so I started this business, or she started it with me. Um I don't know who had the idea of hot wheels with magnets on them so you'd stick it on your fridge and i called that we called the magna cars and i would go to the little car shows in my area like at brooklyn's and different places and i would set up a magnet boards on like a you know just a fold-out table and we'd have them for sale for five pounds each and we'd sell good amount you know we we usually make like 70 pounds or more at a car show which as a kid, like I got to keep all the money, the profit. She basically didn't, I didn't have to pay her or anything. Like she just helped me out and she really like ran it. If it wasn't for her, it wouldn't have happened and it wouldn't have done anything. So she really like ran it and just sort of facilitated that like mentality of like, you can do this and Mm. it's possible. And I did that, and that's where the name came from. And then when I watched me, I wanted to do the YouTube channel Car Spotting in London with my little camera that I didn't know how to use. And so called it Magna Cars. I had a little website because it kind of tried to sell stuff online that never really went anywhere selling online. And I kind of just got older, and I didn't really want to do it. Um, and then I moved to America, and I don't know, I just didn't do it anymore, but I always had the name and it was always like, if I'm going to do anything, this is the name I'm going to use. And so when I made my TikTok, I called it Magna Cars because I was like, well, this is different to, to the Instagram, which was still at that point, Cars Worldwide 247. Yeah. And after the TikTok started doing well, I my Instagram was still dead, losing followers. And so I was like, well, these videos do well on TikTok. I'll post them on my Instagram. They just brought out reels at that point. I was like, well, I'll I'll put them on there. And the first one got like 30,000 views. And I was really happy with that because for the first time I like gained a few followers or I didn't lose any. Yeah. And after about a month, it was really like, I was scared to do it, but I ended up changing my name on Instagram to Magna Cars. Cause I was like, well, it's already dead. I got nothing to lose, but it took a while to get to that point of mentality. I changed the name and I sort of made the account about my, the same as my TikTok. um, And I just posted like that for a few months. And then I met a guy uh, online who did like pins. Yeah, Um, I I have one. So he does like these pins. I don't know if you can really see that. Yeah, But he has a website and he designed, he was like let's do a collaboration. So I was like perfect. This is cool. So he designed like the Rolls Royce as a pin and then he designed an image to go on the card. And I ended Mm -hmm. up was like so nice he gave me it all for free he didn't charge me anything and he wanted me to just basically promote it and promote his website so i did that and that's how i got my logo and i just made that my logo and then i started going from there yeah that's brilliant it's, it's quite a simple story when you look at it but it's
1: also it's full of like key things like your mom going up and telling you like these these people with a nice cars, like say hello to them like just do that and it's kind of like a it's a nice sort of like loop to go back and see that you were told to do this by your parents, and it's amazing the sort of I don't know the the influence our parents have on us, and and yeah. for just for her to give you that confidence, to give you that tool as a kid, is is now yeah. paying off massively when it when it comes to going up to supercar owners and hypercar owners and going, what do you do for a living, or, or how do you afford the car, or even like your first car. So it's amazing to see that that entrepreneurial spirit has come from from your parents.
0: Yeah yeah uh, and are they are they entrepreneurs as well or they do they own their own businesses yeah. they do have a they had a business where they did online websites for my dad had it um we like consulting business basically mm. and helped them doing user research improve their website sell a lot more product for just different companies like insurance companies and stuff uh, and then we moved to America and they sort of stopped that business and they started then an, an educational app. Um, which my mom is still working on. It's been seven years um, and it's still, you know, just really getting investment for that app. You know, my parents, they've gone through in the last few years, a lot of financial struggle with trying to run their own business and yeah. not an easy business like a gas station or anything. Sort of a really hard business to run. And so my dad is, he's gone back and he's doing consulting on contract basis for different companies every so often but it like meant that my parents haven't which is a blessing I count it haven't had any money the Rolls Royce was sort of all the money they had to sort of give me to do anything and that was like I'll pay it back because they couldn't afford to just give it to me Um, and so it meant that like everything else since then I've had to get my own cars and it's really a lot of people see my social media and they think like my parents are very wealthy or they have a lot of money. Uh, a lot of people don't know the Rolls Royce is only a 10 grand car. Uh, they also don't know it. I, it's been broken for three years and I still mm. can't afford to fix it with what I want to do to it, which is an LS. I mean, that's like 20, $30,000 and I just don't yeah. have the money. For that. Uh, and so a lot of people do think, and with the amount of followers, they're like, oh, you know, he's probably making a hundred thousand a year. But it's it's right now, it's not even close to that I'm still just trying to make enough that I can, you know, pay my cousin a thousand or two a month, pay four hundred bucks a month for my rent. <laughs> and then hopefully, like right now, I moved to Canada. I sold my cars to sort of invest in the business and just the cost of moving here where I'm living with my cousins. So right now I don't have a car in Canada. And I do get people that think you know you could buy a ferrari or something it's like no i'm just trying to save up to buy a mustang <laughs> yeah no it, it's
1: brilliant and it's, it's it's funny to see that your parents believed i guess they believed in you but when when you go i want this rolls royce we need to get this rolls royce like how can we do that and then to spend say the money they have in their pocket to debt to, to give you that chance It's 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 amazing it's i guess it's a it's a huge vote of trust and belief in you and I guess also, uh, are your parents also religious? Are they, are they Christians? And the, do yeah. they have that faith? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. No, it makes it makes sense because like if you, if you all believe in this this higher power, like I I I've dipped in and out of Christianity. Like I I believe I believe in God. I believe there's a there's a higher as a higher being or as a higher force that that not controls us but it gives us you know the love and the whatever you know the story. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And it's it's funny to see that like. If you take if you take if you take God out of it, there is just a huge amount of belief in you mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I wanted to like when it came to this being a career, mm-hmm. like it must have, it must have seemed like because your parents are entrepreneurs, you believe in yourself. So it must have been like you didn't probably probably didn't second guess it.
0: Well, so the story between of sort of how I'm at where I'm at now is when I was moved to America, my parents went on an investor visa which is a really hard visa to live under Uh, you have to put a lot of money into a business you have to prove all these things it costs a lot of money and that's basically why they ended up you know in England they did actually have a very comfortable life moving to America they basically spent all that money you know to move to America and you have to invest so that's why they ended up not having any money and then the business hasn't made hardly any money but like we've been provided for in just amazing ways. Yeah. So basically coming in under that visa, I was a dependent and it means that you can't work in America. You can't volunteer. You can't work. Uh, obviously you can't vote because you're not an American citizen,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but you can't even work or volunteer. You can go to school and you can get a license and that's about all the rights you have. Yeah. And you can only go to school up until 21. Um, and the college you have to pay international fees. So oh wow it's really you don't have many rights (laughs) like a normal kid would so it meant I literally couldn't get a job like I'm not allowed to from the time I was moved there when I was 10 and I just moved away three months ago when I was 19 and I had to move away because my visa once you turn 18 you're you run out of like you can't live there anymore basically I couldn't stay my stuff was like expiring and it's like, okay, I got to leave. Um, so that's why I left. And that whole period of 10 years, obviously you don't get a job usually until you're like 15, maybe 14 at the earliest, most kids in America was 16. They get a job, but I wasn't, I couldn't. So during high school, all my friends are working and they're like a lot of the kids in those videos, they would get cool cars because you can finance in America off of credit. And you can also do your parents' credit. Like a lot of them, their parents would Mm. buy the car, would pay the parents back for the car and they had a job. So they'd be putting basically all their money into that car. So that's how they get a $30,000 car at working at a gas station. Um, And I couldn't do that. So (laughs) it meant like, I was like, well, I want to make money. Cause like, I, I guess I've always been like a really hard worker. At things that I care about and think have value. Um, Like some classes in school, I just get the minimum done to get a good grade. But when it's something I care about, I put every single minute of my time into it. And since I couldn't get a job, I was like, well, I'll do this. I'll try and make money off social media. And I first tried to sell ads on Instagram because they didn't ever pay you before. Now they pay people for reels, but they don't pay Canadians. So that's a whole nother story. (laughs) But they paid, uh, like I would get ads from like people in China, you know, to just post something, and I made a tiny bit of money off that, like maybe less than two thousand dollars, in in a few years. You know, I wasn't, I'm not a salesperson that well. I'm, I'm that's just not my strength, mm. and so I just create content and always hope one day the money will come, um, so I can do it as a living. But that, if I if I was able to get a job in America when I was a teenager, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now, or I wouldn't be doing it to the dedication and level that I'm doing it. That's yeah, for sure. uh, it's, it's funny that like you
1: say that like, you're putting all your passion in, into things that you do care about. And so I guess like when it comes to content creation, when it comes to you, like what is the thing that you are good at then? What is the thing that you think that makes you different and better than other people doing the same thing?
0: Yeah. So for me, I like, I don't view myself as a better human being than anyone else doing what I'm doing, but I do try my content, the purpose of my content, which is really shifting in the last month. So it hasn't always been this way. It's always been like my heart. I didn't know what it was. It Mm -hmm. was kind of like a mystery. Why am I doing this? I don't really know. I'm just doing it because I love it. But what's the actual purpose meaning behind it? And I've always really, really, really wanted to bring value to people, and not just create dumb content, which I have done quite a bit. Uh, even though a lot of people will tell me they're like, "Oh, you, you know, I love your content." I'm like, "What? It's it's a bit dumb <laughs> in it some is. ways." Uh, but just doing that, I've this, since I've come to Canada, I've got a lot closer in my relationship with God, and one of the things that He's revealed to me is that his plan, because it says that he has a plan in the Bible, it says he has a plan for mm-hmm. every single person. My favorite verse in the whole Bible is Jeremiah 29, 11. And I don't want to get religious here, but I'm just going to quote this one verse. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Mm-hmm. And in all of my times where I feel like giving up, that verse is what has given me uh, sort of hope and motivation and strength. And just like, I just can't give up because he has a plan for my life. And I think that this is the plan. Uh, It's not exclusively this, but it's the plan, you know, it's part of his plan. And so that plan for me is to bring the fullness of the kingdom of God reaching out to those around me. So that is a lot of people through social media and people physically, my favorite thing, as much as I love the social media, is actual physical events. So I did three events in America last year in my city, Kansas City. And that was the highlight of everything I've ever done. Sort of as a creator was having an actual physical car meet, you know, and having, you know, we had like 1600 people and I think 600 cars.
2: Wow. And
0: most of those people probably didn't even know who I was, who, who was hosting it. It was like bigger than me. Uh, you know probably only like 25% of people going actually knew oh it's Magna Cars or TJ Lamb um, but that was really the highlight for me is being able to meet people in real life and actually sort of be their friend and bring value to them and encourage them and really love them like they are loved by God because a lot of people I find in the car community are very hurt sometimes they're even in the car community because they got hurt and people Mm. say it's a toxic community a lot but i do not look at it that way and i only focus on the good things that i can do for the community and everywhere i go try and build a community of people that can make friends and have community
1: yeah it's funny because the the things that I mean, I've, I believe this as well, like the the car community isn't toxic, it's the people that don't like the car community in the car community that are the toxic people, it's the people doing burnouts in the middle of the road, putting people's lives at risk, you don't care about these people, you care about showing off, you care about making a, a funny video, you want to go viral by doing donuts in the middle of intersections or whatever it is, the content these people are putting out. No, but mm-hmm. like it's, I uh, like TJ when you look at obviously you look at this plan obviously you don't know the plan but what would you like to achieve what would you like to see happen i mean when you say that the car meets is it something you'd like to do more of or what is the what yeah. is the thing
0: you'd like to do so for me what i would like to do i mean there's so many things that haven't even entered my imagination that i'd know if i keep going along this path things will happen that i can't even imagine mm. but what I would like to do is really just build a community for every kid. My focus is car community between actual people in real life. And specifically my heart is for like younger people, my generation, my age. So people from the age of eight up to about, um, I'd say in their twenties, maybe even 30, now i still care about the people that are like 40 50 60 and i would love to connect them to pour in and, and share their passion their finances their resources whatever they can with the young car community because a lot of people who are older they they talk a lot of critical stuff about people my age in the car community and oh they're ruining it or they don't care the public thinks like they don't care about cars or They want electric cars. It's like, no, I don't know a single teenager that wants an electric car that's a car guy. None of them, not even. uh, I know a few kids that want a Tesla, but that's about it. 90% of them, car guys or not, they don't want that. They want Mustangs and V8s. And so it's really to show and bring community and make kids feel welcome and included, especially new people. I love when kids are like, I've had a few people who have been like i got into cars because of your videos i'm like how like what that just doesn't make sense to me and i somewhat can't relate just because i've always been into them but it's just to get them feeling like they're welcome and when they walk into a car dealership like even just lamborghini to take pictures that they don't feel judged because i know i've experienced that feeling mm. and i still walk into dealerships and I still every time I get nervous and I feel like I'm going to be judged I'm going to be thought this of. I'm going to be thought that of. and you still get like even if it goes well I still have this sort of unwelcome feeling or like imposter feeling and I really want to change that for the people who kids who come after me where they can go to any car event and they can feel like the car community is like where they're welcome if their family doesn't care about them if they're friends, they don't have any, whatever it is that they can come to, preferably a physical thing, mm. in their area, and they can feel like they have people that care about them, that love them, and that are there for them through cars, and they're united uh, with like the cars is how you become into that community, is you that's like the 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 cover, it's almost like that's the the like pro- the introduction, you know, and then they come in. And what they really get is community, friends for life, people who care about them and older people like who can be if they don't have a dad in their life, like older people who can be dads in their lives Mm. or help them out in terms of working on their cars, because there's a lot of divide between old people and young people, and they don't seem to sort of intertwine right now from what I see. And I really want to make the impact that I can make wherever I'm at to change that
1: it's fantastic and i uh, amen because like it's 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 funny because like I, I, I that's kind of the reason i started this podcast not not to latch onto that but it's like where i'm sitting is i was given some bad career advice like in the uk when you go to sixth form and stuff like that it's very sort of like right now you don't need gccs do your a-levels but should your a-levels go to university like that is the kind of that is the situation I was brought up in. And I know there are a lot of people that sit there that are our age that go, well, I don't know what I want to do. Why am I going to university? I'm only going to university because I was told to go to university. And that's the reason like this podcast exists is to show people that there are so many different ways that you can find a career. You can, there's so many different things you can do. And especially in the car community itself, that, that, and that's, that's where I focus because that's my passion. Like that is, that is the thing I want to help people do is, is to find the job or the career that they want to do and I, mm-hmm. like you say create that community of people helping each other like the guests that come on the podcast i aim that like some of them are in their 50s 60s some of them are in are your age so it's like showing people that there are such a wide range of things mm-hmm. and i mean yeah so like it's like it's amazing to see that you're you're doing that together and i'm like i'd, I'd love to talk about maybe posting some events in the future that'd mm-hmm. be great that'd be pretty yep. cool but yeah i mean and tj so this this idea this this thing i mean i know you said you're in one of your videos you're moving over to YouTube, or like you're you're creating more content and you find value in. And so and so what is that like you said, messing with your friends? And is that the kind of content you now want to be creating? Yeah. Is is that
0: yeah. So I did a video um where I said I was like on TikTok. I'm like, yeah, basically, I'm sick of doing this over-exaggerated sort of media of cars or whatever it is. It's a bit edited, a bit fake, it's a bit, you know, just not real like you don't feel like you're friends with that person mm-hmm. and I'm like well everyone in the car world that I know always they love Top Gear it's the best car show that's ever been made is the Jeremy Clarkson Top Gear and it's because it's because it's uh those three guys having fun it doesn't matter if they're in a larder or if they're in a Bugatti in fact it's probably more fun in the larder,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it doesn't matter because what you watch it for is the people not the cars but the cars are sort of what gets you the introduction right then yeah. that comes back to what i want to make in the last month i've tried almost everything on youtube i've tried news automotive i've tried just sort of compilation style daniel mac videos i've tried sort of car spotting um i've tried building uh, this lego set on youtube i've tried just about everything i can think of And I'm like, I just get burnt out in a way, or it doesn't do what I want it to do. And I've been so focused on like numbers, views, followers, money. In the last few months, I've been like, you know what? I can't do that for my life. I don't want to do that anyways. Like, even if I was making a million dollars a year sitting here telling you about the car news, it wouldn't bring me any joy. It would drain me because it's not like the money isn't what I care about. It's the community. And so I'm like, okay. I love hanging out with my friends and doing fun car things. Mm. and I've actually done a lot over the last two years. I'm like, okay, I'm here now. I don't have any friends, but I'm just starting to meet people at car meets. I went to my first car meet on Sunday and I met seven kids just by walking up and talking to people. So my goal is to create content, which is what I'm doing where it's me and my friends who are my age I mean, they could be 30, I don't really mind, but preferably my age, teenagers, who are just having fun with our cars and just having a great time. And it's not about, you know, here's a Koenigsegg. It's about like the fun and the banter in England, they call it, you know, between your friends and your mates, just like old Top Gear. And I haven't seen any other car content like that old top gear it's why it's so idolized is because Mm. there's nothing like it everything else on the internet with cars is you know that people are brought in for the content they're brought in because they've got followers or they're brought in because whatever and they're not just friends they're doing a job and you can tell that it comes across on screen even if they're somewhat friends it's you can't you can tell it's not intimate like how it was between those three so i'm really focused on Making community and friends here where I get along with them. So when I meet someone, it's not, do you have a cool car? Great. Let's do videos and be my friend because you have a cool car. Now, usually the car is what the introduction is. So if they have a cool car, I go and meet them. It's like, I met a kid with a GATM three last week and an Audi A4. And it's like, you know, it's not like I'm trying to meet them versus people with Honda Civics, but I like all kinds of cars, but I, I, I see the car, I go talk to the kid and it's like, if I become friends with them and you know, we all have, you know, maybe one out of five people you just get on really well with and you have fun. And so those finding those people in my life, in all areas in, in America, wherever I go meeting mm. and finding those, or even if I meet them online, where I can just go and hang out with them and it'll be genuine friendship before the content. So it goes to the genuine getting along, we'd hang out whether we're filming or not then you know okay you have a you have cool cars so like let's go do fun fun car stuff go drifting or go just do whatever that's the point it doesn't matter what we do it's just that we do it together in a community
1: that's fantastic and i can i can see that that really working because like you said there is that that need for not need for but like people are going to be missing that whether they know it or not they're missing the the camaraderie and then that and that sort of style of top gear but um you mentioned burnout so i'm wondering what that's like what it's been like for you being on this like hedonic content treadmill of you trying different things and so how
0: has that been for you like that feeling so i used to think like you know you can't get burnt out if you're doing what you care about and what you love and i do still think that's true and what i think i think burnout is when you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel when you don't see a sort of goal or you don't see the hope. Basically you kind of lose hope. That's when you get burnt out when you're like, why am I doing this? I don't, whatever. And so for me, that didn't really happen up until like last month. And I was like, okay, I've been here in this sort of, in this house. I haven't had my own car. I had to sell it to to move here. Uh, couldn't bring it with me. Like, okay. And I've just been all over the place, creating content. Mm. I haven't had any car friends. I haven't been to any car meets. I've been, you know, pretty on my own for the last few months where I haven't been around anyone that's into cars and haven't had anything to do. And so I've been trying all this content and I was like, I don't like this. This is not what brings me joy. And I also don't think this helps anyone, me rambling on about how this Corvette is making supercars useless or whatever. It's like, that doesn't, it's kind of just, you watch it, you scroll. It doesn't actually bring you any excitement, laugh, value, joy. If anything creates arguments. So like okay i miss hanging out with people that's what i want to do and i got burnt out when i wasn't doing what i think brings value to other people when i was just doing stuff for the wrong reasons of trying to make money or get views which is what i've done for like seven years but i did it and then i would hang out with people whereas when i only had that Mm. it didn't matter i've realized in the last month it doesn't matter how many views i get on my screen it doesn't make me feel any better i think at first it it was really cool be like wow a million views and i still like had a video this week that's all of a sudden blown up on youtube by short and it's got eight million views and it's like that's just crazy but i really don't care it doesn't make me feel better it's whatever and Mm. i have created content for almost a decade now just trying to get maximum out of views because then my hope was that I could make a lot of money, and to be honest, I got I got the views. I just didn't make any money still, <laughs> because I couldn't couldn't set up my bank account in America to get paid because technically it wasn't legal, so I couldn't do it. So I was like, well, I've made all I've got all these views, but I don't have feeling like there's any community. I don't wake up and feel like there's people who are waking up excited to watch me. I feel like everyone that has watched me has just been. I come up on their page, they watch it. Okay, another view and scroll. And yeah, you get, I think I'm probably across everything, over a billion views. Yeah, I don't have any sense of like fans or community. It's just followers. It's just numbers. Mm. And so in the last month, I've really felt that I should focus on the Lord to show me, you know, how would you treat just one person? Like how you have one kid, this is one kid who's been, sort of in the last few months he found my channel and he's supporting me He's comments on every video he messages me he was like can i get your phone number and i gave him my phone number uh you know and just i felt like he kept messaging me because he's you know he's a little kid he's like maybe 14 and he's trying Mm -hmm. to do youtube like tech and cars and i was like getting a bit annoyed by the texts because they would just come again and again i'm like mate you know i wouldn't say it but i'm like i just sometimes don't respond for three days because I'm like, I'm trying to get work done or I'm focusing on this. And I felt like one night I was going to bed and the Lord was like, how do you treat the one person? Because it's talks about in the Bible, like what you get with a small amount, you take good care of that small thing, then you'll be blessed with more. Because, you know, not that you're taking care of that because you want to be blessed with more, but just because yeah. genuinely you're taking care of that. And so I felt like I need to, I realized that I need to focus on one person and i learned that i i'm still learning that i need to be willing to leave every single one of my followers every single view every single thing just if it can you know help one person out in their life whether it's stopping them from committing suicide or it's just helping them get through a really tough time in their life you never know it's crazy when i follow a kid back the messages i get from them Mm. uh, just from a follow because I used to not follow anyone. I had uh, one following. It was my own other account. (laughs) And I had someone tell me, they were like, mate, that's not going to get you anywhere. And I didn't want to hear that for a month. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. What actually matters when I die? It's going to matter that much more that I made that kid feel special by following him than trying to keep my ratio low, trying to focus on the views, the numbers, the figures, the money, whatever. And that's, The next morning uh, I woke up and it was a really good feeling. And I kind of was just such so much more focused on the people that actually support me. And I realized, man, I've been a bit of an asshole to a lot of people because I haven't cared about them in the same way that they've cared about me. Mm. Um, And so I went back and all my friends from America, I followed all of them that I could think of that came to mind. I went and followed them all and was like, yeah, I've been a bit of a jerk <laughs> you know i've got all these people following me and i don't follow anyone and it's not it's it's not the surface it's like the deeper meaning of what that means and i was like yeah i need to take more value in the people that are supporting me and so i started responding to every single message i get on comments mm-hmm. on snapchat um i love snapchat because my audience on there is all basically teenagers to 24 year olds there's no one else and they are so engaged, like they swipe up on everything. That's why I said to you like uh, a few weeks ago, Snapchat, I love it because yeah. all these kids are messaging me. You know, in Norway, in America, in England, all over the world, and they use Snapchat. And it's like there's not many influencers that are on Snapchat with the young community because you know they're they're 40, 30 years old, or they just don't care. They just focus on the money. And it's amazing what I've the messages I've got from them. And they're asking me to pray for them with, you know, their girlfriends breaking up for them or their dog might get put down. It's just amazing and really, like, really, really overwhelming, but in a good way of like, wow, I can't believe that these kids, like, care this much. And the amazing thing is once you care for someone else, like, all of a sudden, these kids, they're commenting on every video. They're, you know, they're they're my biggest supporters, my biggest fans, just because I put that effort in. And that's really shifted my mindset. Of I need to leave everyone just if it can change one person's life. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's brilliant. It's almost like um, I don't know what it is. But there's there's a, there's
1: a quote that says, um, "Just like if you shine your light on other people, you'll it will automatically shine back." But you don't do it to to gain views or followers. You do it because you want to generally lift people up, and you want to mm. and you want to help them. So it's it's amazing you're doing that, and it's it's something that I wonder if if the whole like people go into social media and algorithms and, and what makes a video tick and I, I mean I, I do that as well because I mean that's where my content goes it goes on social media so I'm constantly looking at look at your videos looking at the people's videos going like what did you do and you're telling me that you just made the video and it's just like maybe that's the thing maybe having a genuine interest in the video creating and having it want to serve a purpose is the key
0: to, to making well, good content and building community well, I don't know yeah. I, I can talk about that for a long time because I I've been through just about every stage that I feel like a content creator, not every stage, but I've been through the, the full experience of studying every millisecond of a video, you know, retention hacks and watching YouTubers who are talking about this and here's how you, you know, you play music in the background or you do this like ding sound effect at the start of the video. I mean, I've tried everything. I've done everything and a lot of it did work and it, I think it did do really well, you know, keeping, okay, how long do I make the video? Uh, one thing I've learned is on YouTube, if you can get 100% retention on a 20 second video, million views, you will get it. Like you, it mm. just will off. That's how their algorithm works. So I've gone through all that and I've done it. And I've, I, I would say, I've abused it <laughs> and I've like used it to, to manipulate people in some ways in watching my videos i mean they still have the choice but doing everything i can to maximize the views to basically pull everything i can out of that person watching me and in the last month or two i've really been convicted that that's not what i want to do that's not who i want to be it's not what i want to create and the reason i did that was because i was wanting to get views because ultimately i was thinking if i get a million views i'll get money and when that hasn't happened for seven years i'm like yeah you know what well, actually does matter. I should throw that out the window. But I think for me, I'm still focused when I make a video. I still go, okay, I want this right now with my new content style. I upload two, three vlogs a week. Right now it's two, Wednesday and Saturdays on YouTube. And then I upload shorts on mm. the other day. I'm changing my content where it's more, you've probably seen it. I'm, I'm removing all captions off of my videos. So unless it's like an unaudible, someone talking... I don't put a caption on, um, and I'm removing, you know, unnecessary chimes or music in the background, because I've also had a lot of videos with the video audio get taken down. So I'm like just making it as real as possible, because I want people to look at my content and be like, this is someone who particularly on Instagram, I think Instagram is the platform where we all try and look the coolest with our curated feed and everything. And if you look at my content, it's—I'm changing it. Just in the last week, it was really paradigm shift. My latest post was a was a picture of like me taking a selfie with an event at all my my friends, and that picture I was you know just smiling. I'm genuine smile. I'm mm. so happy to ride in it, and my other pictures have been uh, like I was going through going okay what can i post on instagram now that i'm wanting to post pictures again after a few years of not doing that and i was like going through all my photos and all these professional pictures and i was like looking up for the coolest ones and i just had this like this sort of nudging which i say is from the holy spirit it was like you're trying to find all these pictures to make you look as cool as possible right that's what you're trying to do you're getting all these the cool pictures the you and posing right in front of this lambo like someone's taking your picture and the the doors are up, and you know you're posing in front of your your Audi or whatever it may be. And I felt like I was just that's not who I actually want to be. I don't want to be cool, sort of. I want to be genuine on my social media. The term I use is I want people because my audience is over eighty percent male. Depending on the platform, it's more, yeah. it's one hundred percent even. And I want to them. To feel like if they're younger than me, that I'm their big brother, or if they're older than me, that I'm just a kid who's just genuinely enjoying it, whatever I'm doing. And so I've decided, you know, yeah, I'm not going to post the cool pictures of me, you know, when I'm trying to pose and trying to look cool. Like we all do every influencer that I see does that for Instagram, Yeah, you know, all of them it's a picture of you in front of your cars. And I'm like, you know what? I want to be raw and genuine. And just so I'm thinking to post sort of me in the moment, just a selfie of me smiling over the moon, like just not trying to be cool. I'm not trying to put on an image. I'm yeah. trying to be myself in whatever is going on in whatever's happening and be as real as possible as like transparent and, and as possible
2: yeah
1: it's fantastic it seems like you're giving away you not giving away but you're doing away with all of that stuff that you spent it's it's quite the contrast it's quite it's quite inspiring when i see that you're going right i spent all this time learning how to maximize views and now i'm going to get rid of all of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and just and just make the content you want and it, it's a brilliant and um tj i know we're sort of coming towards the end here but there are sort of like five questions that are sort of like mm-hmm. a fast five no nothing nothing to the fast and furious please don't sue me um the first question is what was your ultimate three-car garage?
0: Uh well, my dream car has always been since my dad gave me his toy hot wheels of it, or since I knew what it was, was a Shelby Cobra 427. You see that? That's a Cobra Lego right there. Yeah. It's always been my favorite car. Uh it's called I'll count my number one as the Cobra, whether it's a 427 or a Daytona. I love them both. It's like I can't make up my mind. You know, mm-hmm. Daytona, I don't care. That's number one. Number two, I've always wanted a, an original like 2012, 2014 Aventador Coupe. Okay, yeah. Uh, because that car really had a, a massive impact on my life. I would say in some ways it changed my life. Mm. And I just love that car. It's to me the ultimate supercar. And I want, you know, don't no SVJ, no SV, not, just the normal Coupe. That's number two. And number three... Number three, because I don't ever want to sell it, is going to have to be I'm going to keep my Rolls-Royce. Um, it's not like my favorite car in the world, obviously. It was, I didn't know I was going to get it a month before yeah. I got it. It happened. But it was my first ever car, and I don't ever want to sell it. So I'll put that as three.
1: No, fantastic.
0: And, it, I mean, and um, next question is, you can take any car
1: and drive on any road or track, but you can only do it once. Where would you go and what would you take?
0: Hmm. Any road or track, if I could, it would be wherever I can get the most young people, you know, in one area, <laughs> if I could do it at like a hospital or a school or a stadium. And I would, I wouldn't drive the car. I would just have it there and I'll probably have people vote, maybe like a P one or something or an event at all. and I'd have probably a P one and I'd probably have every, as many kids as I can sit in the car and like rev it and start it and you know if i get a hundred thousand kids in a stadium and just have one p1 in the middle of the field every kid you know come sit in it come sit in it all right take your picture like santa that's what i would do so no drive no none of that no it's a, it's a, great, it's a great way to
1: answer the question i think it's, 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 it's the first time someone's someone's not answered it and didn't tell me which car which is which is fantastic I and mean, it's, it's a brilliant way to sort of just show that that you really do care about the audience. So it is quite, it's quite interesting there. Yeah. And sort of moving on. Uh, and then the, if you, I mean, if you had, if money was no object and it wasn't a thing, uh, would you still be doing what you're doing now?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I've been doing this since for technically like different stages of it, but I've been doing, it, if you count from Twitter, for, for over a decade now. I mean, it's gone through so many things Uh, that it's almost like not the same thing, but it is at the same time. And I've made probably to date in my entire thing, i probably made, including sponsorship deals where I've got like 50% off. So I'll count that as like credit. I probably made like 20 to 30,000 in all that time, which is, you know, that's not enough to even live off of for a year. And so I would say I'm already doing it (laughs) for getting the money. (laughs) I'm already doing it regardless of the money um and i'm just i had the thought the other day i was like you know let's say i had money what are kind of in a way like i have financial security what do i want to create um and i would say right now i don't have financial security but i have family where yeah, i'm able to live here for free i'm mm. i have sort of have no bills uh And I'm just putting all this work into creating content and pouring into the community around me. And it was just like, what's important basically when I, like at the end of my life, what's the most important thing in my life that I do and it's to bring community and like the fullness of the kingdom to the people around me, reach out to them. And so I'm like, you know, if I go work, a job at even I've thought a lot about in the last few months or weeks, getting a part-time job three days a week just so I can bring in some stable money to pay like my editor Kyron or pay rent or, you know, I really want to save up and buy uh, just a five liter Mustang. Mm -hmm. And it's like so tempting. I'm like, I really want to go get a normal job so I can just build up that money. But I realized that doesn't matter what I do. I'm still going to do this. And I still, this is the most important thing. I'm going to pour everything into this still, no matter what I do.
1: Yeah, fantastic.
0: And then the next question is like the advice you'd give to, I mean, I
1: can't even say like younger you cause th- there is, <laughs> but the advice maybe you'd give to someone that wants to pursue their passion. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I could still give it to my younger self or any 12 year old. I have a lot of kids Um, in the last month that I've started talking to as many as I can that have like, you know, probably have 15 or 20 asked me like for advice they want to create content. Like a lot of people want to do this. Mm. And I tell them a lot of people, it's weird because they they message me and they sort of idolize me. And it's like, mate, <laughs> you know, they talk to me like I'm, I've already made it. <laughs> I'm like, mate, <laughs> I don't know what you define as making it. But to me, it's like, I, I haven't. I feel like I'm just starting. You know, I feel like I'm starting from zero. And now I, I know it's somewhat not true, but that's how it feels. And it's like, I tell them, I say, consistency, massively important. You have to be consistent. You have to post consistency. Mm. So that is when I went to California, I asked every single YouTuber I met, which is like DDE, Supercar Blondie. I got to meet a lot of them just for a few seconds in California. And they all, I said, what's your advice? And all of them said, post every day. That was their advice. Um, now, whether that's on one platform every day or it could be across all your platforms once a day on each platform, mm. like on, you know, if you have six platforms. Or I think I have five. So once a day on Snapchat and then you post one another day on Instagram. So you post only six times in the week. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Have to be on every platform every day, just something every day somewhere. That's the massively important. The more important thing, though, because you can do that every day, but you could still not enjoy what you're doing. And that would be to do, like if you really care about something, you have to really, really, really care about it and really want to do it for a long time. Because if you're doing social media, you're probably going to be doing it for years and years and years before you make any money. You know, some YouTubers, it's five years. Some YouTubers, 10 years. You might have the occasional one who blows up in a few months, maybe like Daniel Mm. Mack. But I feel like those are also the same content. The quicker you blow up, probably the quicker you're going to go down and you want to build it up over time. So you don't want to rush it. And for me, I'm going through that right now, just having to have patience. And it's like, you have to do something that you'd be willing to do and not get paid. In fact, lose money. Even I would say if you're willing to do it and lose money for five, six, seven years Mm. and still doing it, then you know, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this and it's okay to sort of change and adjust what you do the um those are the two points that i would say are very important um and i think that pretty much covers everything because it the other one would just be like don't focus on money or don't focus on this uh i guess do i do often encourage people to see what does well because it's done well for a reason yeah and you know i i don't encourage a lot of people to just be like create whatever you want but study how you can improve it. Like a lot of people, I think they just do whatever they want. Uh, You have two people, you have people who don't do what they want on social media, just to make money. and you people who do only what they want and they don't make any money or get any views. And they go kind of like, why am I not doing that? Why is it not succeeding? I'm doing what I want. I do what I love. And I'm like, well, (laughs) do what you love, but you still, (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. You still have to like put the work in, in, in like, Mm. if you want a certain job, In the world you probably need a degree if you want to be a doctor so it's like you can't just become your own doctor and on social media it's like you aren't getting any views or you aren't getting whatever and this person is well it's probably reasonable reasons why and you can still do what you like but you do still want to understand why is this performing somewhat how the algorithm is working the algorithm changes on all these platforms probably three times a year Slight adjustments and staying on top of that is important. Still, to not just ignore it. For me, you know, I'm creating. I know what I want to create. Yeah, but I still go okay. Twenty second short, hundred percent retention. That's a million views on YouTube, and so I still want to create my videos as entertaining and for the you know try and hit that twenty second to twenty five second mark whenever when I create a reel, and I still want to create something that I think is gonna work and is appealing but also is what i want to genuinely create and it's why am i actually doing it Yeah, fantastic and
1: the last question tj is what do you love most about cars
0: what do i love most yeah what i love most i a lot of people have asked me that over my life they're like why do you like cars you know a lot of people who family friends like you want to be a mechanic designer it's like no i i actually Cannot stand working on cars. I hate car mechanics. I tried, I went to mechanic school in my high school for a year as a part time, like half my day, and I, I almost like dropped out. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then COVID happened and I didn't have to do it anymore. I went online, but I hated that class so much. Yeah. i rather do cooking than work on a car, on uh, mechanics. And so it's not that, um, I don't care about the, the, the texts or the specs really, you know, how much horsepower does it have but I, to be honest? I don't really care. How fast is it? Don't really care. What I care about is what car can I drive or can I, you know, what I care about cars because it gives me an opportunity to talk to so many people and like really just care about them and be a light to them. (laughs) And I love cars because you can drive a car and go to a gas station and a car more than I think anything else in the world, you can take it somewhere and you have so many people coming up to you, talking to you yeah. like a gas station. You've got people you know, at the stoplight anywhere. And it can be any kind of car. It doesn't have to be a Lambo, but it has to be something that obviously is like a bit visually appealing to someone. And I just love the opportunity to use a car to be able to care for somebody and sort of talk to them and just get to know them so i like them as like a an introduction piece i guess
1: yeah it's just the uh it's blowing the lines isn't it i guess you making sure that it is it is it's it's an easy way to talk to people like I, the people mm. i've had on the podcast previously they've been like it's just an easy way to talk like this and it is it, it's something that because it's mutual interest people just generally kind of relax and they open up to you and they, they are more more interested
0: yeah and it's like I know Shmi says this a lot he says like it doesn't matter where you go in the world doesn't matter how wealthy or poor you are doesn't matter your education level if we know cars then you can have a conversation with someone about cars and it's just the best thing and i love it when i can meet someone and they know even whatever they know about cars if they're into citrons i can have a conversation or if they're into the can have a conversation or if they're into old cadillacs i can talk to them about sort of whatever i'm i'm really when I was a kid, I let a, read a lot of car books and I've watched yeah. a lot of content. So I'm able to talk about um, anything, you know, Citroen 2CV, all the way up to a Bugatti, Rembrandt, low Camaros, yeah. anything I can talk about it with someone. And that can be an introduction to then like, hey, you know, how are you actually doing? Is there anything I can sort of help you in any way I can serve you, any way I can pray yeah. for you if you want me to, or any way I can like, care for you basically
1: yeah fantastic and
0: then tj thank you so much for your time it's been a
1: pleasure to learn a bit more about the person that's um yeah in front behind in front of the camera even and just in just yeah. getting a, a snapshot into what it actually is like to to go viral and, and actually want to completely get rid of that as well this is a not get rid of it but you know what i mean like get rid of the uh the reasons behind going viral but yeah thank, you, for, thank yeah. you very much
0: i guess i guess the the last thing i would say is that when you go when you, I feel like a lot of people have realized this before me, but I've spent a lot of time trying to go viral and it it, it worked, I guess. I mean, the definition of viral technically is 5 million views within seven days. So okay. that's actually the definition. i looked it up <laughs> so that I could officially say it. And I've had that multiple times, but I would say up until the last few months, I've still woken up every single day feeling like I have no community. I have no actual fans, no one who actually cares about what I post. And so I would say for anyone who is creating something, focus on your actual community. Don't focus on going viral. Really focus on your community because at the end of your life, that's probably actually more important, even if you never make a lot of money off of it, is the community that you have and the impact you can have on people's life way more important than how much money you can make or how many views you can get. And it was the best feeling I've ever had on social media, probably when I woke up about a month ago, the day after I started responding to every kid on Snapchat, and I woke up and it's like, I know that now that there are 15 kids who wake up every day and are excited to watch whatever I post and want to talk to me. Mm. And that was the best feeling I've I've had, way, way, way better than like, like, wow, 20 million views, 50 million views, can't even compare to the feeling of waking up and be like, there are 15 people who want to watch my content and care and know my name and I know their name, Felix, you know, Ramin, uh, Ben, uh, just that's a few of them. And it's just yeah. like, that's so much better than, than a million views. Cause it's just literally, it's just a, a number on the screen and you can post one video on one platform. i get a 10 views in the same video, get a million on another platform. So yeah, that's, that's not really going to make you feel better. I found. Hey, I wanted to ask a
1: massive favor of you. 80% of you who listen to the podcast regularly don't follow. If I could ask you just to hit follow wherever you listen, I would really appreciate it. It's an excellent way for us to get bigger, and better guests and the ability to grow the community beyond anything we could imagine it also helps the podcast grow more than you could ever know so thank you as you can probably tell for a while now i like to race and have been sponsoring the podcast this platform is a brilliant place for you to share all things motorsport its creator has been on the podcast so you've got that to back it up i have been playing around with it and putting the podcast on there for people to listen to as well So, if you need anything motorsport related and the content you're looking for isn't on those bigger platforms, there is no other place to find your daily fix than iliketorace.com. Head over there now and join me in the discussion. If you made it to the end, thank you so much. To listen to TJ's story in a way I don't think anyone has heard, it's crazy to me to see that someone so close in age is living a life I once idolised. But it's weird after hearing his story, I'm glad I'm on the path I am on. TJ, for someone so young, knows his purpose. Thanks to God, his plan is clear. Create the content you want to have, and have fun while doing it. Otherwise, what's the point? Please use this podcast as your sounding board and ask yourself, am I happy in my job? Or, what career do I want to have? Or, if I went down a similar route, what would happen to me? If you learn one thing about yourself today, please tell me. I would love to hear. And if you have any questions about the guests, my DMs are always open. And so, with that being said, I'm Harry, and this is The Ignition Podcast.